from the boardroom to the shop floor. Good business runs on good governance. Join esteemed expert in governance, Dr. Nimrod Mbele, for the next hour as he takes us beyond governance, making sense of doing business in South Africa. A very good morning to you and a warm welcome to, to, to this week's installment of Beyond Governance uh, at High FM 101.9. Thank you for tuning in on this glorious morning as we continue to bring you insightful deliberations from the perspectives of esteemed industry experts and thought leaders. My name is Nimrod Upambele, and as always, I'm delighted to share this space and time with you, the beloved listeners of this wonderful show. If you miss any of our previous show, not to worry, simply download the podcast, listen to intriguing conversation, just a quick reflection. Last week, we had a very interesting conversation with Louis Afol, all the way from Ghana. Louis is the CEO at Lobby Enterprise, and he was also joined by Sol Molobi, who is an executive at Brand Hill Africa. Cutting out to our conversation last week was the outcome of the 35th ordinary session of the African Union, which took place on the 5th and 6th of February. Given the plethora of issues discussed at the summit, we particularly focus on issues and resolutions which facilitates the implementation of the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. As we all now know, the African Continental Free Trade Area is an ambitious trade pact that forms the world's largest free trade area by connecting almost 1.3 billion people across the 54 country states in Africa. The agreement aims, amongst others, to create the single biggest market for goods and services in order to deepen the economic integration of Africa. Anyway, moving along, in today's conversation, I'm joined by Bertha Dabini, who is the founder and executive at Reader Group of Companies, as well as president of African Women in Energy and Power. And we'll be talking about impending seminar organized under the theme building inclusive energy sector and sustainable tomorrow. As we move along, before we kickstart the show, it's always uh, correct to acknowledge those that have made it possible. So let me thank uh, technical producers, Babisa. Thank you for coordinating. And of course, Fusi, Masinga. Guys, thank you very, very much. Swiftly moving along, I would encourage you, the beloved listener, to engage with us on this topical issue via the SMS line, which is 34519. My Twitter handle is at Nimrod. Without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to introduce my esteemed guest, who is no longer a stranger to this particular show, Ms. Peter Lamini. You are welcome and good morning. Good morning, good morning, Nimrod, and good morning to the listeners. I am delighted to be back on your show. Thank you very much. That makes the two of us I'm the most privileged individual. Just setting the scene, Bethel. We I just want to embed the conversation. One in obviously embedding and contextualizing the conversation that you are about to have with you and I is the fact that we should recognize legislations, we should recognize policy procurements, we should recognize recognize all those pillars which are in the forte of government. Uh, a quick reflection we we know that on the on the 31st August last year, the Minister of Energy and Mineral Resources launched the Women Empowerment and Gender Equity Strategy, which is aimed at ensuring that women become active participants in the energy sector. So making a policy pronouncement is one, seeing it through its own completely different ballgame. 
because we talk, we have to obviously talk about access to market, access to funding, access to training, access to mentorship, and obviously having to reflect, if you like, on some of the key success stories of those women and our pioneers who have already started this particular journey. That's maybe the first question, Becca, is take us, take, take us through the thinking behind African women in energy and power. What does it seek to achieve? Great. African Women in Energy and Power was established in 2018 and launched officially in 2019. We have 11 chapters in 11 countries on the continent. Our mission is to deploy and execute initiatives that accelerate the participation of women, women entrepreneurs, women-led companies and women-owned companies across the full value chains of electricity generation, electricity transmission, and electricity distribution. We work collaboratively with stakeholders within the energy ecosystem on the continent to identify entry points within emerging and existing value chains for first-time women energy entrepreneurs to participate. This means that we unravel value chains and communicate and orientate women on the construct of a value chain. So, for example, when you look at the value chain of the power sector, you have to understand the fuel value chain, which is the stock feed for the value chain, fossil fuel, coal, petroleum, natural gas, now renewables, wind, solar, hydropower, biomass, and nuclear. You have to understand how those value chains are structured, how they work in your local market, and where opportunities are. You move Absolutely. on to... No, no, thank you very much for that brief intro, Beth. We really appreciate that very pointed response. Let's, let's quickly take a break. We'll come back in a second. Do not move away. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. You are listening to Beyond Governance at High FM 101.9. My name is Dr. Dembele. I am joined by Peter Lamine, who is executive at Rita Group. And uh, we are talking about issues facing women in the energy sector. Bertha, just a quick uh, reflection in terms of your initial interesting introduction of how this entity that you are a president is is having a representation in 11 countries. And there seems to be a greater penetration, if you like. Take us through that once again. Sure. Um, So as we unravel value chains in the electricity sector, We identify opportunities for women-owned companies to organize themselves to participate. Different countries on the continent have different policies or legislative tools that advocate for women's inclusion in their economic sectors. What we do as African Women in Energy and Power is to bring that to life by creating information sharing platforms such as our regular webinars where we showcase different electricity markets on the continent. As we showcase the construct of the different markets, we assist uh, entrepreneurs that want to diversify into the energy space to identify niche areas in the electricity sector's value chain to participate in. 
And so we rally quite a number of stakeholders in the sector. We work with electricity utilities, which are largely the controllers of the market and the market meaning the projects that that are executed in the energy space. In South Africa in particular, with the uh, policy that was um, issued last year that large power users can generate up to 100 megawatts for own use. There is a new and emerging independent power producer market, which uh, avails a plethora of opportunities for entrepreneurs, not only women, but entrepreneurs in general. Our interest is to see an inclusive energy sector in all our markets on the continent. And therefore, we advocate for the participation of women, youth, and persons with disabilities. We do so by working also with original equipment manufacturers. These are companies that uh, manufacture large equipment, components, solutions and systems that are used in the value chain of constructing a power plant. We work with them so that they too can train aspiring energy entrepreneurs on their technology so that they can on-sell the technology, especially technology that is sought after by electricity utilities. We work with finance institutions that speak on how they finance energy projects so that they can give access to finance to our emerging entrepreneurs. We work with independent power producers because as they build electricity plants, whether it's solar, wind or biomass, they have also a responsibility, a socioeconomic development target. And therefore, they can work with emerging entrepreneurs to train them, to give them exposure on how you build a power plant. We work with industry associations. One of the critical areas for success in the sector is building reciprocal networks, value-adding networks that will enable you access to credible market information. We also invite women entrepreneurs that have been successful in delivering projects in the energy sector. They give testimonies on how they've navigated access to market, access to technology, access to finance, access to credible market information, and access to networks. This curated information on our webinars truly provide a credible information platform for women entrepreneurs. Thank you very much for that insight. I mean, it's quite notable in so many ways. I mean, you're raising very critical points by engaging with electricity utilities. You're raising interesting points about engaging with universal manufacturers of products and services in that space, financial institutions, independent power producers, industry associates, and, and of course, successful women, for them to share their stories around access to funding, marketing, and so on and so forth. Going back to electricity utilities, which is obviously one of your biggest stakeholders, what sort of issues are you encountering? And, and to what extent are you getting support from leadership in that particular space? This year, we have 12 webinars planned. We've already 
had our first webinar on the 3rd of February, which was successful, where we showcased Namibia and South Africa. On the 23rd of February, we'll be showcasing DRC and Angola, and we have their respective utilities that we'll be presenting at the um, webinar. We've got RT from Angola and we've got Snell from DRC. We are finding support from electricity utilities across the continent. They're interested to share information on projects that they're pursuing, on how they're integrating renewable energy in their energy mix and their various policies to support enterprise development and women entrepreneurs. And this for us is a positive is a positive outcome of our initiatives. We are sponsored by Rockwell Automation, a multinational OEM that also has a partner, a channel partner program, which means that women who are interested to on-sell technology manufactured by Rockwell Automation have the opportunity to position themselves for training um, in order to deliver that. And so, the, we have not really faced challenges because the perspective that we use to approach utilities is that of giving them a platform to showcase their successful projects, to showcase their role within the energy ecosystem. And a lot of our electricity utilities, including ESCOM, still have a profound role to play in our evolving energy ecosystem. Fantastic. Better, very intriguing observations that I've just noted here. On that note, let's quickly take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. You are listening to Beyond Governance at High FM 101.9. My name is Nimrod Mbele. I am joined by Better Lamid, who is an executive at the Group of Companies, as well as the president of women, African Women in Energy and Power. And we are talking all issues facing women in this particular sector, which is quite interesting. Welcome back. If you have just joined us, hope you're away. You're still around your car in the office, or you're just about to leave and listen to this very interesting conversation, which I think would add, would certainly add value. If you're a woman, as a man as well, we've got that obligation to support and empower women in this particular space. Welcome back indeed. But one of the issues that you highlighted before going to the break was the value add in as far as electricity utility engagement, which is a very useful approach in my mind when engaging with any would-be partner it's all about approaching them with cap in hand. You're saying this is what we can offer by virtue of giving or using your own platform for them to showcase the product and services. It is almost reciprocal in that they are also benefiting in the process while you are advancing and advocating your own endeavors. I think that's a very useful approach which entrepreneurs need to recognize just on that point how has this approach uh, was was it deliberate or, or how did it how did it evolve was it just an organic process just on that point because i think it's pertinent for any entrepreneur listening to the show uh, this morning 
This was a very deliberate and strategic approach because it is not possible to operate in the energy sector in any country without a direct relationship with the presiding utility. So in uh, South Africa, we've got ESCOM. We've got another over 177 municipal electricity utilities licensed to distribute electricity. And so if you are focusing on the electricity sector, you have to understand the full value chains of electricity generation, which is largely controlled by ESCOM at the moment, and it's going through deregulation and diversification with the introduction of renewable energy or the integration of renewable energy and the policy that enables a large power users, so the commercial sector, the industrial sector, the agricultural sector, to produce up to 100 megawatts for own use. So you can see that the generation value chain in the industry is going through a transformation. And therefore, you have to understand the value chains of solar energy, the value chains of concentrated solar power, the value chains of wind energy, the value chains of biomass or waste to energy and the value chains of energy storage. By understanding the construct of those value chains, you are able to identify entry points with low entry, low entry barriers to target and rally partnerships around those identified areas to participate. Then there is the transmission value chain, which starts from high voltage transmission of current and going down to lower voltages. You have to understand opportunities in that value chain, which will include vegetation management, will include cabling, will include the pylons, the power pylons, and many other large assets in that value chain. So depending on the size of your company as an entrepreneur, if you're an emerging entrepreneur, you would be a micro enterprise or small medium enterprise. You would identify opportunities where that are less capital intensive that you can begin to partner with others to target or you can target yourself and grow within that space. Then you go to the distribution value chain, which largely touches the municipal electricity utilities. There's smart metering opportunities, there's cabling opportunities, there's trenching opportunities, a plethora of opportunities in that value chain. And accordingly, you would organize yourself to participate. So going back to your question, it is not possible to uh, to it is not possible to work in the energy space without understanding the role of the electricity utility, which drives policy, drives projects, and largely the procurement of uh, solution services, systems, and, um, and products in that market. Fantastic. I'm quite intrigued by depth of understanding of the value chain and opportunities which sits particularly in the electricity utility um, sector as it were, as it were. Let's now move into, in the same way, let's move into the universal manufacturer's construct. This is also one of your critical role players. For it, it is riddled with opportunities for entrepreneurs, which I would imagine are there, however, access to market, however, 
access to these particular utilities. I mean, uh, the, the, the manufacturers, because of capital intensiveness of the nature of the game and because of monopoly in so many instances, how is the webinar trying to unearth and perhaps maybe provide insights on some of the entrepreneurs who, by the way, could have been trying to get access into, you know, manufacturing value chain, but they are not getting headway. Sure. So we work uh, with a number of original equipment manufacturers. Most of them are multinational organizations. And we are very proud to say that uh, since our establishment as African Women in Energy and Power, we are starting to see positive support from the OEM community because they see the value of our initiatives. Now, OEMs play a critical role in introducing technology and setting technology trends and innovation in the electricity sector. Working with OEMs is critical and understanding how OEMs work, how they contract channel partners, how they work with subcontractors, how they distribute their their products is quite critical for local entrepreneurs, especially because in Africa in particular, we do not have our own IP when it comes to uh, electricity equipment. We still rely largely on the global market. A huge percentage of equipment uh, products and components that are on our electricity value chains and systems are procured from multinational companies from China, India, from the West, from Europe, Germany, France, and from the Americas. And so it's very important for entrepreneurs that wish to succeed in the electricity space to understand how to engage OEM and how to build value-adding relationships with OEMs. And so we invite OEMs to speak on their uh, technology. We invite them to share trends in the electricity uh, systems, to speak about digitization of the electricity systems, decarbonization of the electricity systems, and decentralization solutions. And to specifically speak on their channel partnership. And the channel partnership is where they train entrepreneurs on specific technology, specific services, specific solutions. Once the entrepreneur is trained and certified, they are able to go out in the market, in the utility market, in their large power user market and source business to sell, to on-sell the technology that they have been trained on and the technology that they can access from that particular OEM. In some instances, the OEM is also able to give a credit line to an entrepreneur. So if you're a small business and you do not have the balance sheet to pay upfront values of anything between 2 million rand or 500,000 rand and 12 million rand for equipment. Based on your reputation and your credibility with the OEM that you're certified with, they're able to issue you the technology that is required by your client with certain payment terms, such that when the client pays, you're able to settle your debt. Now this now for us, 
It helps our entrepreneurs to achieve access to technology, access to market and access to finance. And that is why a relationship with original equipment manufacturers is important, especially those original equipment manufacturers that have the appetite to to, uh, execute targeted socioeconomic development initiatives in our markets. Some OEMs do not have that appetite. They bring their own resources. They keep everything in-house and therefore they come into the country and they exploit the opportunities that exist in the country without transferring any skills, without empowering any entrepreneurs. And those are the things that we are highlighting with government and uh, public sector stakeholders to guard against as we open this market for international participants, that we are cautious that we do not open a market that is taken advantage of by international players at the disadvantage of our local enterprising market. Our responsibility as AWIP is to build mutually beneficial relationships between entrepreneurs and OEMs such that OEMs are able to secure the market that they are after in the foreign market, which is our domestic market, and our local players are able to access technology, are able to get exposure into operations so that the skills transference and they're able to build capacity to be independent and competent players in the electricity sector. Thank you very much for that insight. I mean, that that's quite um, insightful in so many ways, particularly when you spoke about the, the value or the benefits of being a channel partner for the provide knowledge training. They provide certification which would give the, the channel partner an opportunity to engage with the market in instances where there isn't a good balance sheet by which of certification that particular entrepreneur can be given a credit line for him or her to access products on the basis of the work they would have procured. I think that's quite fascinating in so many ways because this is a trend which ordinarily ought to be seen across. But you also hit it on a nail when you're talking about you know, other entities which don't have a similar trajectory where they, they keep everything in-house and leveraging on or exploiting the market without necessarily providing training, without necessarily providing credit line and so on and so forth. So this is the limitation which I believe your seminars or your your webinar is in a position to highlight so that policymakers are able to issue regulations that would ensure that market players who don't necessarily uplift and, and skilled entrepreneurs in their respective countries the line. So I think that's quite a notable, which I'm picking up from your conversation. Now moving on to the issue of independent power producers, which is a relatively new phenomenon in the in, in the country. What are the issues there? Independent power producers are private companies that have the capacity, the technical capacity, and the financial capacity to build power plants solar power plants, wind power plants, and waste to energy. They work with a number of technical partners and finance institutions to bring the project together. Um, And independent power producers are able to secure power purchase agreements, which is an agreement between themselves and an off-taker. 
a customer who would buy electrons from them at a rate, at a tariff. So they are, you can almost call them mini utilities. They build a small power plant and they maintain, they operate and maintain the power plant on behalf of a large power user or on behalf of a customer. Indeed, with the introduction of the renewable energy independent power producer procurement program in South Africa, which was introduced a number of years ago, more than 10 years ago, and it was introduced to diversify the energy mix in the country. Right now, with the supply constraints that ESCOM is facing, there is a push for government to deregulate the electricity sector and enable more independent power producers. As I have repeatedly mentioned, the 100 megawatt uh, policy for large power users to generate up to that threshold uh, for own use. Those large power users, mainly the mining houses, manufacturing facilities, large scale farming and agro-processing facilities would be looking for independent power producers. Also, as the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy and ESCOM goes out on a bid for renewable energy projects through the independent power producer office, they are looking to they're looking to contract or to give power purchase agreements to independent power producers. Largely, a lot of independent power producers that have secured projects in our country are foreign companies that have come some to a a satisfactory extent with partnerships with local entities and others simply by themselves. They have been able to secure quite a substantial number of projects in our market. And we work with independent power producers or we invite them onto our webinars for them to speak about their value chain of constructing a solar plant, constructing a wind energy plant. In that value chain, there are a number of activities that can be outsourced to local companies and to emerging entrepreneurs. They also have within the REAP program, socioeconomic development targets that they must meet. And therefore, we are saying communicate those requirements clearly and articulately in advance so that entrepreneurs, both youth, women and persons with disabilities, can organize themselves to participate in your value chains. So not only will they be targeting municipalities and ESCOM projects, and not only should they be left out of the game because they don't have strong balances, strong balances to participate in the main bid window, but they still get a sizable chance to participate within the projects that have been secured by independent power producers. We're also working with partners to build an incubator that will support first-time independent power producers. Because as independent power producers apply for power purchase agreements, they have to demonstrate 
a track record because these are high-risk, capital-intensive projects. Not only do they demonstrate this to the off-taker, but they also demonstrate this to the financier who is who will be financing the construction of this multi-million rand project. And what it means is that for a lot of South African players who have not had the chance to build a strong balance sheet and have not had the chance to participate in the renewable energy space, they, they lack the track record. And we are saying that Instead of opening up this market to international players only, let's have initiatives in place that will secure the participation of South African women-owned, youth-owned, and companies owned by persons with disabilities participation in the electricity sector. And that's why our webinars are called Building an Inclusive Energy Sector for a Sustainable Tomorrow, so that 10 years from now, as government and private sector, we are not investing financial resources to correct, to cause correct things that we should be doing correctly now. The onus is up to private sector to employ initiatives that ensure that we build an inclusive energy transition. That's why we talk about the just energy transition. As we transition from carbon intensive energy sources to alternative clean affordable energy sources, we must ensure that it is just in its execution. It includes everyone in society to have... On on that note, Bertha, thank you very much. We definitely have to take a break and I would employ uh, the listener not to walk away or go away. Just stay tuned. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back. I'm having a very interesting conversation with a very powerful woman who has shared so much in the space of energy. Her name is Beta Lamini, and she's an executive at Rita Group, as well as the president for Africa Empowerment Women Network. One of the issues that Beta was raising just before we took that break has got to do with the engagement of the seminars engagement in relation to the power producers. These are big boys and girls who are building the plants who've got a high tech and it is very difficult for any would-be entrepreneur to participate in that particular space purely because majority of them who seek entry into that particular environment do not have a strong balance sheet. And given the risk level in these types of projects, uh, it is very difficult for any individual or small entrepreneur to play in, in that particular space. So I suppose the webinar is in a position to highlight those particular issues. But perhaps maybe follow up on this issue better because these are known issues that entrepreneurs are expressing, experiencing. When you work in a highly prevalent from a financial point of view, when you want to penetrate market that is high risk or high reward on the basis of the balance sheet, which majority of people do not have, what is it, what is the take of the big players insofar as bringing in smaller parties, smaller individuals to gain access, but also 
benefit from the value chain to a point where they've got credibility in terms of delivery. So your question is a bit complex, but I'll try to answer it in in, in the following ways. The participation of all citizens of our country in economy is anchored in our constitution. Every South African citizen has the right to equal participation in our economic sectors. Given our history, we are then tasked collectively as public sector and private sector and civil society to work together to design initiatives that will create platform for access to skills development, platforms for access to market and platforms for access to finance and technology. We have to work with finance markets to introduce deep transformation, deep transformational measures that will support the progress of the RIP program in the energy sector. By that, we mean that finance institutions, both commercial banks and development finance institutions, the private equity firms and asset management firms need to think innovatively and need to think creatively on how they can support the entrepreneurs in the country outside of their typical rigid norms that have not succeeded in creating an inclusive energy sector. We are rallying these finance institutions to really think about the best ways to uh, finance first-time independent power producers, ensuring that there is pervasive access to finance. And for that, we want to, we will be conducting a detailed study into the finance sector in order to identify specific areas needing immediate intervention to enable access to finance for women and Black-owned companies in particular, which are groups that have been left out of the sector because of the stringent rules that continuously prevent uh, their access to finance. The, the, lived, the lived experience of many entrepreneurs is such that it is absolutely difficult to access the kind of capital required for energy projects. One of the other areas that is critical to review when we look at creating an inclusive energy sector is the area of track record. A lot of capable engineers and technical experts in the electricity sector have formed companies together. But in terms of institutional track record as a company, they do not have the track record, but as individual practitioners in the sector, they have impressive track records. And so we are saying to the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy and to finance institutions, remove track record as a mandatory requirement in procurement policies. This requirement has unintentionally excluded black businesses, women, youth from participating in the industry. Instead, examine the competency and track record of individuals that are listed in the bidding entity. Because these are new entities that are being formed by people with expertise. And if you judge or if you assess the entity, you will not find the track record and the the track record that you're looking for. But if you examine the CVs of individuals that have formed this entity, you will find that they carry deep expertise in their various areas. And so as And therefore, as a collective 
industry as a sector, private sector, public sector, and civil society working together to unlock entrepreneurial uh, potential in the energy space. We have to think differently around creating enablers for people to participate. And one of those enablers is innovative financing tools that will enable the majority of entrepreneurs in the country to receive support. Even if it's small entrepreneurs that want to install solar panels in informal settlements, there should be financing products that are available for them to start, whether they're buying two or three panels to start with. And going up to complex projects, including installing a solar system for a residential estate, there should be different types of financial solutions for that. And when we look at utility scale projects, we should look at issues such as removing track records to ensure that our people are able to participate equitably in the, uh, in the sector so that we have a sustainable tomorrow. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we gravitating towards the last segment of this very interesting show. We are joined by Bertha Lamini, who is the executive of Rita Group, and we're talking all issues facing women in the energy and power sector. This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Dembele on 101.9 High FM. You are listening to Beyond Governance at High FM 101.9. My name is Nimrod Dembele. If you've just joined us, you really missed out quite a bit. And thank you for those that tune in on this very interesting and thought-provoking conversation that I'm having with with Beta Lamini, who is the president of Women in Energy and Power. And we are talking about the impending seminar organized under the theme Building Inclusive Energy Sector and Sustainable Tomorrow. There are a lot of issues that Beta has brought to our attention, which are quite critical. We have touched based on the value chain, how, you know, through the seminar, they are unraveling the value chain electricity utility, they are unraveling value chain in the universal manufacturing entities, financial, dealing with financial institutions for them to address critical barriers which affect and would be entrepreneurs, particularly on issues of tech records. We are, he has given us a very good insight on the role and responsibilities of the power uh, produce independent power producers and the extent to which the so-called mini utilities are actually gaining traction. However, given the financial muscle required to be played in this particular space, it is very difficult for any would-be entrepreneur because they do not have a good balance sheet. She has given us a very good insight on some of the benefits which she has through this, the webinars that, that she's organizing, how these very complex and complicated issues are being addressed. Hopefully, you know, we'll have a conversation uh, in the near future just to get a sense from her in terms of what really transpired, what, you know, who are these trailblazers who can showcase how they've managed to penetrate the glass ceiling only to be confronted by concrete ceiling, so to speak. But but obviously, these are issues that need to be taken on on a day-to-day basis. Unfortunately, we do not have time, Bertha. It has been absolutely a pleasure having you. The listener, Shirley and I, are much more empowered, much more knowledgeable 
on the intricacies of the energy sector. Uh, as we are wrapping up, can you tell us the details of the webinar, where to go to so that people who are listening to the show can go log in, get more knowledge and insights on how to become a better player in that particular sector? Sure. Please visit our website. It's www.aweeapawip.africa. www.aweeap.africa. And you will find a series of webinars, previous webinars that you can watch. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search for AWEAP, A-W-E-A-P, and you will find uh, seven webinars that we have since held. Uh, on our website, you'll be able to register for the webinar. And it is a free webinar. It takes place on the 23rd of February between 12 hours and 14 hour 30. We start on time and we end on time. It is an investment that I am totally sure that you will not regret. Absolutely. I'm definitely one of those people who, who, who logged in for I want to be slightly empowered from where, from where I'm sitting. Bethesda, I mean, thank you very much uh, for gracing Beyond Governance on this glorious day. Where's thank you very here? much for having me in your show. Yes, indeed. That was better Lamini giving us blow by blow on, on the very complex sector, which is um, energy and power and the role of women in that particular sector. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it here. We've got enough to digest and mull over and reflect very deeply on how far the sector is yet to go and how far the sector comes and is yet to go in empowering uh, women in particular. Let's do this again in the near future. Stay blessed and shalom.